Are you bored living a mediocre life? We were too, and we know how to change that. Each week, we'll leave our comfort zones to explore a new topic, then step onto our soapboxes, a safe space to sound off on our latest adventure. Come explore with us. All opinions are welcome. This is a mindset. This is a lifestyle. This is Siren Soapbox. Hello and welcome fellow explorers. Thank you for diving in with us today. Our mission is to explore beyond comfort zones. And that is just what is happening in the United Kingdom. Thank you to everyone placing us at 130 in self-improvement podcasts. We are so honored to be placed in such an important category. Looking to take the first step outside of your comfort zone? Check out sirensoapbox.com for easy ideas you can dive into, like our blog, magazine, Eventbrite classes, and movie club. Come explore with us. Disclaimer for tonight's episode. If you are easily offended or squeamish about the human body and its functions, this episode probably is not for you. For our more modest crowd, the summary of this episode will be in our blog. Last summer, the sirens asked the question, what do you do when you gotta go, when you're on the go, and have no place to go? We rose to the challenge and tested various types of female urinal devices. To know more about which were our favorites and which had us almost quite literally pissing in the wind, tune in to episode 32. However, after solving that problem, we ran into a second challenge. No, I'm not talking about number two. After you go, how do you keep dry? In comes the miraculous invention called hula cloth. It is a reusable pea cloth for anyone that has to squat when they go. It is waterproof on one side and antimicrobial on the wiping side. It even has a snap so you can roll it closed once it's been used and attach it to your hiking pack. Hula cloth is so much more than just a product. It's a community. They have tons of classes online and in the field to get people out and exploring. Sounds like they are right up our alley. So of course we challenged ourselves to use Kula cloth in the wild and we took a class in the Kula Academy. Let's find out how the sirens did, but first, if at any time the conversation gets too intense, the safe word is... Mango. Mango. First Mango. Up, <laughs> first up on our soapbox is myrrh. So if you remember episode 32, like Elsie mentioned, you may remember that I am a huge fan of my pee style, which allows me to pee standing up. Well, when we stumbled upon the Kula cloth, I just knew it would be the perfect complement to my peace style. And I was right. The one thing about peace style is that I don't always feel like it leaves me clean and dry, but the reusable pea cloth has solved that problem. Most recently, I used it during my dive weekend up here in Ohio in a quarry. Um, I do not pee in my wetsuit. You can believe me if you want. I don't care. I don't do it. But it was super easy to use and to clean. After I used it, I just rinsed it with some water and hung it up on my chair until I needed it next time. It has a built-in strap with some snaps, so that made that a breeze. And when I got home, I just threw it in the wash with the rest of my dive gear. And now it's fresh and clean and ready for the next adventure. And I love my Kula cloth, and I'm so happy that we found this company. But here's the thing. We didn't just find a pea cloth, you guys. We found a community with Kula and their Kula Academy. The one event I've been attending off and on since May is their monthly dance experiment. Every morning at 6.30 a.m., a group of people, I think it's mostly women, or it's all women in the in the ones I've joined anyway, hop on a Zoom call. And then we meditate together for about 10 minutes with our cameras off. After the meditation, if you feel comfortable, you can turn your camera back on and dance like you don't care who's watching. I briefly mentioned this in last week's episode about moving for your health, but let me remind you, dancing in the morning starts my day off with a dose of energy and some serious good vibes. I spend the rest of the day riding this wave of happiness. I think I totally skipped the July dance experiment, but I miss it so much that I've already signed up for August. I've also participated in their family feud night that they had with the, with other members of the Coolaverse, And I signed up for, but wasn't able to attend a class on packing for a hike, but that two-part series was recorded. So I can watch it whenever it works for me. I love being part of this wonderfully wacky community of women. Sarah, do you love your pea cloth as much as I do? Well, I thought this cloth was the perfect companion to my shiwi 
that was my uh, uh, urination aid of choice. I loved picking out my cloth. The selection was huge. The only ones missing, of course, were the famous Siren Myrrh and Siren LC designs, soon to be available, I hope. I'm glad to say I've already had an opportunity to use my cloth. A previous episode of Siren Soapbox had us spending a night alone outside. In keeping with the series alone, I pretended I couldn't go inside. So I packed my shiwi and my new Kula cloth and put them both to good use in my backyard. I don't think the neighbors were watching. I'm happy to report that the Kula cloth was great, it was comfy and effective, and I like that you can fold it up so it doesn't mess up any of your other stuff. I did pop it in a Ziploc bag because I was sleeping in a hammock outside all night and I didn't want to find bugs or spiders on it in the middle of the night. After washing it later, it looks as good as new, so I imagine it's going to hold up pretty well after repeated use and I'm looking forward to getting to use it again. But like Mer said, I really like the whole Kula Academy community. It's so easy to get lost in all of the activities, videos, and stories. I found the six minute walk videos the other day and they might be my absolute favorite. It's like hanging out with a friend. Anastasia is just so fun to watch and listen to. Oh, and maybe cry with just a little bit. Yes, I just may have teared up, but I'm definitely a companion crier, so there you go. Uh, as I looked through all the available Academy classes, I wanted to do them all. The hikes look fabulous, and there's even a beach party coming up at the end of August. The month-long long dance experiment does look like a lot of fun, and one that, it's one that I wish I could do, but timing-wise, I just haven't been able to yet. I did do one of the Kula Power Hour sessions. I love listening to Anastasia and also listening to the stories the other people in the class told. It was a very supportive group. I was pretty much just a creeper in the class though, because I didn't quite get up the nerve to say anything. I did jump in at the end, promising to maybe talk next time, and maybe I will. It was a lot of fun to listen to though. The meditation portion was relaxing, so I'm hoping there are gonna be more power hours on the schedule. Jess, where were you when you used your Kula cloth? Well, like you, Sarah, I used my Kula cloth when I was doing my alone challenge. I grabbed my shiwi and my Kula cloth so I could be as close to camping as possible while just being in my backyard. But I love how compact the cloth is and you can roll it up. It's also really soft and it's so pretty that I really almost hate to use it, but just almost. It's really nice to feel totally clean after peeing outside. Once you get some hand sanitizer, it's really just about the same. So I feel like everything is contained and I love how you can roll it up after you use it and just snap it. And so I don't feel like I'm spreading germs anywhere. But the best part is I love that Kula is also a community and not just a company. I joined a morning power hour like Sara did, and it was an awesome way to start my morning. There was some meditation followed by everyone just giving each other shout outs and being so supportive. It was so empowering and I felt really energized for the day. I plan to join some other events and maybe I can talk Anastasia into doing an event hike here on Kauai. But for now, maybe I'll just plan a trip to Washington since it is just a hop, skip and a jump from here. Elsie, how do you plan on using your cloth next? Maybe on a Red River Gorge trip? Ah, uh, yes. We go camping and hiking a lot. And I got to say, where has this thing been my entire life? Like we talked about last year, the worst thing about being out in the woods or going to a porta potty is having to squat. And those urination devices are pretty awesome for that. But then how many times have we had to just drip dry or use whatever scraps of paper you can find? No more. Kula cloth is great for a more complete experience. The female urinal device and the cloth together really make me more comfortable to go out in the wilderness on longer excursions. Now, if they could just figure out number two, we'd be all set. I have yet to experience the cloth smelling after use and it is so easy to clean once you're able to get to soap and water. It is easy to keep on your pack and I love all the fun designs. Even if my toad didn't win the 2022 design this year, watch out 2023, I'm coming for you. I cannot think of one critique about this product. Literally, they've thought of everything down to the reflective threading so that you can see it at night. Not only did they think of everything for the product itself, but they also thought of ingenious ways to bring their customers together through Kula Academy. I took a few classes and plan on taking more because they're so much fun. 
My first class was a watercolor class called Adventure Journaling with Jen Thiessen. I have taken tons of watercolor classes before, and I must say, never assume you know it all. I learned so many more new tips and tricks that I would have never thought of, like using vodka in your water when you're painting in the winter. Somehow I don't think I'll be using this one, but it's still really fascinating that the water's not going to freeze. I signed up for a month-long dance challenge, and I could never get myself up and ready in time, and honestly, I was a little intimidated by that one. I think I might have to now that I have my own room in the new house. I also did the backpacking class, uh, the food for backpacking, and learned so many more new things there, too. I love how Kula challenges themselves to be more than just a product. They're building friendships and lifelong skills. TC, where do you use your cloth? Well, I had a slow start when it came to using the Kula cloth. I kind of had to use it to believe it. I live somewhere where it's important to conserve water, so peeing outside is encouraged. Not going to lie, it feels weird to admit that publicly. In addition to that, I live with my boyfriend in a house with one bathroom. And there are times when waiting to pee is just not an option. But the bathroom door is closed, the universal sign for in use. And so... Peeing outside is sometimes a necessity, even when I'm not in the wilderness. And so where did I first use the Kula cloth? My own backyard. And guess what? It's not messy. It's not weird. It's actually kind of nice. And I love that I can rinse and go. Or maybe that's go and rinse. In all honesty, Dino was not a fan, was not a fan of me rinsing the cloth in the sink. We had a long discussion about this. So we're still working on the best rinse spot, but it's nice to have it when I need it. And it is the perfect addition to my Shiwi and fits nicely inside my Shiwi case. While I love pairing the two, I have a friend who prefers to squat when she pees and I can't wait to tell her all about the Kula cloth. I also love that the Kula company has created an entire community. I signed up for a tea party. And then life happened, and I actually wasn't able to make it. But I received this little packet in the mail, which I thought was a brilliant way to help all of us feel a little more together from so far apart. I'm a big fan of the Kula community and the Kula cloth. Kula cloth was born during a trip to the Alpine Lakes Wilderness in Washington State. Anastasia Allison was enjoying a spectacular sunset over Robin Lakes when she walked around a tree to discover a giant pile of toilet paper. When she returned home, she started researching leave no trace options for toilet paper in the wilderness, and she discovered the concept of a pea cloth. She decided to give it a try using, at first, a small piece of blue microfiber fabric. Later, as she was taking a dramatic photo of her pea cloth in the wilderness, she found herself wishing that her cloth looked cooler. This is when she had the idea to design an intentional pea cloth, something that she could feel proud to wear on her backpack. I just think that's funny. After hundreds of hours of field testing with over 30 adventurous testers, she finalized the design and the Kula cloth was born. Anastasia Allison is the founder and CEO of the Kula cloth company, the first maker of an antimicrobial pea cloth a lover of the outdoors and the environment, Anastasia is also a former park ranger and police officer. Dreaming up better ways to pee in the wilderness is not her only talent. She is the violinist for the duo called the Musical Mountaineers. Sirens, please help me welcome Anastasia Allison to this episode of Siren Soapbox. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Anastasia, we heard that a nearly fatal accident played a significant role in you becoming the person you are now. We're curious if you think the Kula cloth would exist today if that accident hadn't happened. I 100% know that it would not exist today if that had not happened. And the reason for that is that I lived most of my life sort of completely paralyzed by these imaginary fears, like fears of what ifs. And at the time I believed that they were very real and I would have an idea and it would feel exciting to me. And then 
almost immediately I would start peppering myself with a hundred reasons why it wouldn't work out or that it was dumb or that nobody would buy it. And very, very quickly would lose that momentum of creation and that sort of natural flow. And the nearly fatal incident that I had was while driving home from a snowshoe trip at Stevens Pass here in Washington state. And our truck that I was driving hit a patch of black ice, spun across the road into the path of a semi truck. And obviously there's a really happy ending to that story because here I am. But what I realized in that moment of truly facing my own mortality, like there was absolutely no question in my mind that I was not going to make it through that moment. And there was no fear. It was like this very surreal, like slow motion experience, but there was no time for fear. And so after that happened, I went and I looked at my entire life and saw how I was completely paralyzed by fear of the unknown in every area of my life. And I started to question whether or not that fear was real or if I was making it up in my mind. And maybe there wasn't anything to be afraid of. And almost immediately after that incident happened, I just decided I have been waiting all of my life to get started and I haven't started. And I started taking all of these little steps. I started an online hiking group. I had had the idea for Kula Cloth back in 2016. This nearly fatal incident took place in 2017, almost a year later, and I had made no progress on my idea. In fact, I had told myself it was absolutely idiotic to pursue it. Um, and after this incident happened, I started an online hiking group. I started taking little steps to like put myself out there in the community. I ended up getting chosen as a gear tester for Backpacker Magazine. And it was like, it was like this sort of cataclysmic um, energy that had been going towards all of my fears and worries and doubts suddenly was just like going in the exact opposite direction. It was like a complete 180. Everything was possible. I had nothing to fear. And that's when the idea for Kula came back and I decided I have no clue how to do this, but people out there know how to help me do this. And, and, and I am pretty convinced that I'm the type of person who needed, <laughs> who needed that sort of like getting rattled around a little bit in order to, to sort of get me started on that path. You know what I love about that? I love that concept that sometimes when you're going through what feels like the most challenging thing you could go through, oftentimes people look back and they say something like, that was the best thing that ever could have happened to me. And there are times when I'm going through really challenging times in my life. And it's that faith that I'm going to look back and say, this is the best thing that ever could have happened to me that helps me get through that. I just love the concept as people were so resilient. Yeah, we are so resilient and it has truly become how I run my business because let me tell you, running a business, things happen all the time that don't go as planned. And what I've learned is that if you resist that if you resist what is, then you are missing out on a hidden opportunity that is like very often disguised in the chaos. So a lot of stuff that happened, especially early on in Kula, when I was just figuring out the production aspect of like getting a product made, there were some bloopers that took place during that time that I could have let really bother me and had been upsetting because your mind wants to tell you, well, you just wasted a bunch of money or you just lost X, Y, Z. But when you have this different mindset, you realize, oh, nothing's been lost. This is just an opportunity to like pivot into something different. And so all of the moments that maybe on the surface looked like things that shouldn't have happened, they always turned into something much better. And that's a fun way to live life too. <laughs> Absolutely. 
So taking it all in. Sorry. <laughs> I know. Same here. I'm sitting here. So we we tend to take notes when somebody says something that's you know like a cool phrase that we might want to capitalize on. And you're saying too many of those. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm writing it all down. <laughs> We got like four quotes here. I know, same here already. And we just started. Yes. (laughs) Well, we absolutely love the taking small steps philosophy and just putting yourself out there and seeing where it leads. Because even if, you know, you put yourself out there and it fails, maybe it leads you to somebody else or something else that puts you on the right path. Yes. And it's so interesting to me like I feel like so many people live in this place of like scarcity where they like need to know the answers now and I've totally shifted my mindset and my entire priority is now like what feels good to me in this moment to go do and even if it makes no like direct linear business sense, right? Like as a business owner, for instance, the whole dance experiment thing that you mentioned, like I started dancing because it sounded fun. It never was like meant to become anything. And now it's something that I do almost every day and it has become sort of an integral part of, of the Kula Academy. And it's just so fascinating to me to watch people pursue the things that they love without the limiting beliefs or the disclaimers that we tell ourselves that like, oh, well, this won't lead anywhere. You know, I think it was Steve Jobs that said, you can never connect the dots forward. You can only connect them backwards. And that's so true. All you have to do is like, do what feels good and just trust it's going to take you someplace. Hmm. That dance experiment is a ton of fun. I don't do it every morning because you guys do it at 630, but you're on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I am in Cincinnati, Ohio. So that's 930 for me. I'm like halfway into my work morning by then. So I do get to work from home one day a week. So that was typically when I did it was when I was working from home or on the weekends. These women get up at 6 30 in the morning on the weekends to do this dance experiment. You guys, it's crazy, but there are like yeah. 40 women that join it every yeah. morning that I'm on there. There are like 40 women. Wow. And it yeah. went the first time I did it, I was super nervous because you know, you're just dancing by yourself in your living room with a bunch of strangers. So it felt way out of my comfort zone. I almost didn't turn my camera on and then everybody else started turning their cameras on. And I was like, you know what, why not? I'm going to, but I found myself a couple of times, like dancing with the poi. Like I found that was time to practice with the poi and it just really kicks my day off. It's really fun. It's just a great time. Well, the one thing that I always tell people, especially like each month we kind of start over and new people join. And one of the sort of things that I have realized through doing the dance experiment is that the beautiful part of it is this opportunity to like get out of your head, out of those self-limiting beliefs, out of those self-judgments. And I always tell everybody that the most critical person of your dancing is already in the room with you. <laughs> and it's it's you <laughs> because nobody is, you know, I'm not like watching people's squares and analyzing their dance moves. I'm <laughs> just sort of in my own world dancing and like, doing it just for the pure joy of like movement. And it has been such a a gift for me. And to be able to share that with other people now through Kula is even, even more of a gift. Um, I could dance all day long. (laughs) So how long into the Kula cloth journey did you decide to start Kula Academy? So we started the Kula Academy actually a few months into COVID. So the um, Kula Cloth, the company itself, I launched the website in 2018. And in 2019, we held our very first in-person event, which was a weekend retreat called Kula Palooza. And we were planning to do a Kula Palooza 2020 
And then COVID happened. And so that changed those plans quite a bit. And a few months into COVID, we realized that there was an opportunity to connect people, even if it was just virtually. And the Kula Academy sort of started by accident. We decided to host a free online Pictionary game. So we put it out there, it was completely free. Hey, just join us and like play Pictionary and just talk with people. Even if it's in Zoom squares, we can still connect with other people. And so we did this Pictionary game and it was really fun and people loved it. And so we thought, well, let's do another one and maybe we could do some more classes. And so we started doing online art classes and online backpacking skills classes. We have done, I mean, we've done everything from, we even had like a drink mixing class once, like backcountry cocktails. We have had wood burning classes. We've had wreath making. I mean, we've had just this full sort of gamut of classes. Um, and it's been going since early 2020. And we now do in-person events and meetups. In fact, I just got back from a weekend camping trip yesterday and we have a beach party in August and it's just really fun to get together with people. Most of the events are free or for donation just to keep it really accessible. And the in-person events, we bring coolas to them. We give them away. Um, and I feel like... I mean, I've, when I go to these events now, it's, it's not like, oh, I'm getting together with a bunch of strangers. It's, I feel like friends with all these people, I've known them or seen them online for years sometimes at this point. So it's really a beautiful experience. Do you have women joining you from like all over the country? Or are they mostly, you know, mostly in your area? Yeah, it so we have a we have in Washington state most of the in-person events are definitely like Washingtonians, sometimes people from Oregon will drive up or from Spokane, which is on the other side of the state, and most of our events right now are on the west side, but we have instructors through the Cool Academy that are starting to run little events in different places. So we have an artist who does an art hike in Arizona. We have an artist, Jen Thiessen, um, who I think Sara maybe mentioned taking the class with, or okay, Elsie mentioned taking the class with. Um, and Jen is in Minnesota and Jen leads art hikes as well. And so we're starting to sort of have other instructors pop up around the country. When we did that Palooza event in 2019, we had people fly in from Florida and Canada to attend the event. And that was pretty cool. And then virtually we have people literally from all over the globe. I think we had a dance experiment participant who lived in Dubai and uh, one who lived in Georgia, the country, not the state. <laughs> uh, we have a Swedish dance experimenter. Um, so yeah, it's so neat. Just brings people together from all over. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I noticed when we were trying to decide which thing we were gonna try from Kula Academy, that it's like a nice mix of in-person events and online events. And I think that's great. Yeah. You can connect people from anywhere. Yeah. Um, so we have some questions about the Kula cloth. I am Can ready. You <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to explain um, to our listeners a little bit more about it? Like what it is? Why is it better to use than like a tissue or a bandana maybe? Yeah. So the Kula cloth, and I, I know that on a, the podcast, people will be able to only hear me. Um, so I'll do a good job of like visually um, describing this as well as sort of holding one up for you all to see. But the Kula cloth is special because it's made out of a fabric that is specifically designed for the purpose of hygiene. So it also has a designated waterproof side and a designated use side. And one of the issues that I felt was 
sort of a pain point with using a bandana or a piece of fabric was that you never really knew where on the cloth you had used. And so that's an issue for cleanliness, not only from the fabric touching your pack or your clothing, but also setting your pack down on the ground. Now you don't know, like if you laid your pack down in the dirt, you have no idea which side you've been using and it's very difficult to tell. So the Kula cloth, it's actually two different types of fabric that are fused together. So they're both produced separately, but they're fused together using heat uh, in a process called lamination. And the outer fabric, the one that has the pretty design on it, that is a waterproof fabric. And then the sort of dimpled soft side is an antimicrobial fabric that contains silver ions. And it's also really absorbent and soft. So essentially using the Kula is really easy. You just snap it um, to your backpack to carry it. And then when you need to go, you just unsnap it from your backpack, find a spot 200 feet or more from a water source. The exception to that would be in a river environment, maybe like the Grand Canyon. There are some places where they actually want you to pee in the water. Um, but you would find a spot to pee and then use the dimpled soft side of the Kula just to sort of pat dry or sometimes like hold it in place. You're not wiping from front to back like you would with normal toilet paper because this is then gonna go back on your backpack. So then you just snap it back to your backpack and you can double snap it closed. And then that's going to keep it clean uh, when it's back on your backpack. So, I think the, the big selling features of the Kula that make it more appealing to people who might be I, squeamish about the idea of a pea cloth is that it's antimicrobial. Um, and believe it or not, the antimicrobial part has nothing to do with like your urine. It really is for like other bacteria that you might pick up on the trail or something along those lines. It's odor resistant, not odor proof, because that would be an impossible claim to make, um, but it is odor resistant. Uh, it's really absorbent. It's gonna be more absorbent than a bandana or a t-shirt or just a piece of cloth. And then also because there's a waterproof side, you don't have to worry about anything soaking through that cloth and then getting all over your hands. So all in all, the experience is just gonna be a lot cleaner and easier to manage than just using like a random piece of fabric. That being said, there are plenty of people who do use regular pieces of fabric and I would never discourage anybody from doing that. Like do what works best for you. Um, but I think that people who try the Kula will really like it. The other thing that I'll mention last is that the Kulas look really beautiful and cool. Um, we do have one plain black Kula, which we call the Stealth Kula. And we design that for people who maybe just don't want something that is showy or noticeable because maybe they don't wanna tell anybody that they have a pea cloth and that's fine. But I really love the fact that there's art on them and then it kind of becomes this like fun conversation piece. And I love hearing stories about people seeing other people on the trail with a Kula and like having just like an instant connection over the product. That was something that I wanted as I was creating the product. And so hearing stories about that is always totally heartwarming to me. So I know you said it's odor resistant. I, I'm going to tell you this past weekend was a dive weekend for me. And what that means is I spend two whole days up at a quarry and this Kula cloth was the one piece of gear that didn't come home smelly. And I used it all <laughs> weekend. Like my wetsuit smells like the quarry. It is so gross, but this was fine. And I, you know, I came home and threw it in the wash and it was fine, but it never did stink. Yeah, I, so, and this, this might sound 
a little gross, but when I was in the testing process of the Kula, I really wanted to test it. And so I have literally used one for like four days without washing it just to see like, what is the limit of this product <laughs> and how bad can it get? And it was not bad. Even after four days of using it, I mean, I definitely wanted to wash it just because mentally that didn't feel necessarily great to me. But, um, the other thing I'll say is that any odors that you might experience with any sort of pea cloth, it varies completely based on your hydration levels, your personal body chemistry, what you've eaten. And so there's like a lot of variables. The soap that I have found that works really, really well with a Kula, and it's what I use in the backcountry, is the Bronner's Peppermint Soap. And um, so when I am done using my Kula for the day and I'm out camping or whatever, I'll just take a couple drops of soap on the Kula and then I use my water bottle to wet it and then just kind of rinse it and hang it up. And I never notice any odor at all. Hmm. So we could really challenge the Kula by doing like a week of asparagus, oh, yeah. asparagus <laughs> every day. You beat me to it, TC. <laughs> Actually, one, my sister, Mayor, who helps me run Kula and does a lot of our social media with me, she wants to make an asparagus Kula, like a, a Kula with an asparagus print on it. So yeah. that's, it's not out of question for us. We definitely have like a lot of fun with just like the humor around the product itself. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully also like lightening up the discussion a little bit, um, my very first backpacking trip that I ever went on, it was led by a man and I was, had never been backpacking before. I didn't even know what to bring. I did not feel comfortable asking this guy because he was a coworker, like, how do I pee in the backcountry? And I did not bring toilet paper because for some reason I thought it was going to be out there, like that there was going to be a toilet where we were going. There was no toilet. We were camped on the side of a glacier uh, because we were climbing a glaciated peak in Washington. And I literally stole toilet paper from my tent mate because I didn't have any. And when I say literally stole, I mean like like I snuck into her pack. And to this day, she does not know that I did that. Um, <laughs> So, so I know what it's like to be uncomfortable to talk about hygiene with people. And so the fact that Kula has made it easier for people to talk about that is a really exciting part of what I like so much about it as well. I think it's really empowering for people. If we could just get her email address, we'll send her a link to this show later. <laughs> I, she, would, she would probably get the, the biggest kick out of it now. I mean, <laughs> so speaking about like uncomfortable situations, like that time of the month, can you use the cloth during that time of the month? Absolutely. In fact, we have had people whose entire trips have been saved because they were not expecting it to be that time of the month. And they found themselves out on a backpacking trip with no tampons, no pads, and they've actually had to use the Kula as a panty liner, essentially. Um, so when I go backpacking, personally, I use a diva cup or pixie cup, like a menstrual cup, because I found that that's just a really waste-free method of handling my period when I'm out in the backcountry. If you are a person who backpacks or if you aren't, um, one thing that is helpful to know is that you can't just like bury those products in the ground. They are not going to vanish, which means that if you have your period and you're using any sort of hygiene products, 
those have to be packed out with you and they also have to be stored properly when you're at camp. So that means you have to put them in a bear canister or you have to hang them with your food up in your bear bag. And that's a lot to think about. And so for me personally, using a diva cup has like solved that problem entirely. And so if any blood gets onto the cloth itself, totally fine. Um, that's the other reason why it's a dark color is because you aren't going to have like any noticeable stains or anything. I would definitely wash it in the evening. Um, we've never had a Kula cloth attract animals before. Um, the most, I would not be worried about any carnivores like showing up for a Kula cloth. The only thing that I would do is probably at night, if I was hanging it up to dry, I'd probably put it out of reach of like a goats or deer because if there's any sort of residual saltiness from the urine, I don't know if you've ever experienced that out in the backcountry, but I've spent a lot of nights out in the backcountry and they usually actually recommend peeing on rocks because if you pee on the, the plants, a lot of times deer or goats here in Washington, at least who are like looking for salt will actually eat all those plants. So, um, just a little, I know a lot of peeing tidbits. So <laughs> yeah, I have so many questions for you. Like you mentioned peeing, was it 200 feet or 200 yards away from a water feet? Yeah. From a water source. So why? Well, I mean, obviously to contaminate it, but can you explain that a little more? I've never heard of that. Yeah. It's so the, there's a whole sort of, um, I guess you would call it principles of like being out in the backcountry called leave no trace and waste management is a big part of leave no trace practices and so if you are near for instance like a a small mountain stream or a small mountain lake especially if you're on a backpacking trip there's a good chance that like you know that water's flowing downstream people might be filtering that water to drink at, at your campsite um, and so best practice is to go at least a couple hundred feet away from that to, to pee so that the, you know, urine is just going into the soil and the rocks and getting basically filtered to nothingness by the time it actually makes it into the, into the local water system. Like I said before, the only real exception to that are some really fragile desert environments. And um, also some really fragile, excuse me, really fragile river environments. So like the Grand Canyon in Colorado, instead of peeing up on sort of the desert area where people are camping, they actually want people to pee in the river because the volume of that river is so large that a little bit of urine is going to do nothing. Most of where I backpack is in really fragile alpine areas where you don't want pee going into that water system and contaminating it. I would have never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, me either. I see a body water and I'm like, I probably pee a lot. <laughs> you don't pee in your wetsuit while you're diving. Like I know it makes no sense, want, but I can't stand it. I, I have done it. I'm not, I'm not saying I've never done it, but this is how I know that I hate it it's because I've done it. And my wetsuit smells like pee the rest of the day. I can't, I hate it. I just hate it. So I don't pee. I was wetsuit. with her the first time she did it. Mm -hmm. She was like, I can't do it. And we're like, Mar, just do it. Yeah, everybody does it. She's like, I don't do it. I can't do it. I did. And There's an interesting stinky. product challenge for you. <laughs> <laughs> Being in wetsuits. Being in wetsuits. I, I, that is something that I have not thought about too much is peeing in wetsuits. So <laughs> yeah, if the wetsuit was lined with this antimicrobial fabric there you might go. be a different story but right well i'm glad to bring a, an outside peeing uh novelty to you that you yeah. about <laughs> exactly yeah i'm I can very tell you, familiar with peeing in wetsuits <laughs> using a kula cloth as a makeshift pad sounds so much more fabulous than the you know fold toilet paper twenty thousand times mm -hmm. because there's never enough toilet paper it's never enough no, and it never and stays can, in place. 
And you can actually use the snaps and kind of wrap it around your underwear. And so it actually does function as a pad. In fact, my sister is in the process of working with our, we work with a factory in Pennsylvania that makes the Kulas and a pattern designer. We've worked with them now for almost five years and we are working with them to design like an ultralight uh, panty liner, like a pad basically that people could carry into the backcountry with them. And it's antimicrobial and absorbent and just something else that hopefully makes people's lives a little bit easier. Every woman everywhere who's had a period has had that problem and we've yes. all had to do it. And I'm just like, oh, that'd be so yeah, much better. So the rolled better. up toilet, the rolled up toilet paper does not last for very long. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> Yes. So are there any other uses for the Kula cloth? Yeah, you know, we have people who use it as a sweat rag. We actually have a lot of men who just like the company and the, you know, they sort of have become adopted into the Kula community and they use it as a sweat rag or a snot rag. Uh, some of the more interesting uses I've seen, I have a friend who was in Morocco and used a clean Kula cloth as a dusk mask, as a dust mask at a horse race. Um, we have had people just use it as a washcloth. I mean, it's an antimicrobial washcloth. There's also a product called a Kulo Clean, not Kula, but it's a Kulo Clean, which is a backcountry bidet. Um, the word Kulo in Spanish means butt, I think. And so it's a little backcountry bidet. And so we actually have people who, after using their backcountry bidet, will just use the Kula cloth to dry off afterwards. So there's a, a lot of uses for it. Um, and it's just fun to see people sort of taking it into whatever their hobbies or, you know, the way that they adventure. Like, you know, when I, when I started the company, I'm a backpacker and a mountain climber. That's like kind of, that was my thing. And it was so interesting how tunnel vision I was at first, right? Like I basically made the product for myself because I wanted one. And so all I sort of had in my mind was like, oh, backpackers and hikers. And now it's like boaters and horseback riders and ATV riders and people who canoe and kayak and now scuba dive and RVers and van lifers and golfers. People you, I took yeah. it with me on the golf course two weeks ago. Golf. Too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, and, you know, cyclists. I mean, there's people who use it at home um, during the first part of COVID when there was that toilet paper rush. Oh, yeah. It was wild how many people switched over to using a Kula at home. And now I have, in fact, this past weekend, I was at a, a friend's house and she lives in an off-grid cabin and she exclusively uses a Kula. So it's just fun to like watch it like be sort of taken on by people and how they use it. On an island where your water is from a cistern and you don't want to flush the toilet every time you have to pee. Yes. Kula in your backyard. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Does it still really exciting when you're out on the trail or just out and about to see somebody with a Kula on their pack? I almost immediately turn into like a giddy fangirl who <laughs> people probably think that I am like a total creeper. Um, and in fact, this happened the other day. So my husband and I went on a hike together and we got back to the trailhead and I was like unpacking stuff. And this girl, two cars down from us gets out of her car and she had the original artist series Kula on her backpack. So that was from 2019. It's a design called Indigo Peaks. And it's just a white print with blue mountains on it. It's beautiful. But I mean, that's somebody who has supported Kula cloth since literally it was not even a year old. And so I instantly just turn into like this 
sort of babbling idiot. And I am probably very awkward, like, you know, cause all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, you have a cool cloth. And then I like always carry them with me everywhere I go. And so I gave her some free ones and I gave her a sticker and, you know, it probably is just like very confusing for people. <laughs> But, um, you ever like autographed somebody's cloth? Oh, I I had I have autographed a cool cloth once, and this was <laughs> one of the one of the very very first ones ever when I first started it. Somebody was like, "Can you send me an autographed one?" And I was like, "Sure." I don't know why you would want that, but <laughs> sure. And what's really funny about that is so one of the 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 kids who works for me the other day he told me that I was a nano celebrity and I was like that's not even a thing like (laughs) he's like you aren't quite a micro celebrity yet he's like you're more of a nano celebrity and I was like okay so that signed Kula might be worth like maybe like a fraction above retail price now So uh, what is the deal with creepy Victorian cat? Yeah. Yeah. So the creepy Victorian cat is sort of the Kula Cloth unofficial mascot that kind of happened completely by accident with no actual plan whatsoever, which is (laughs) sort of like our, our MO is like, let's just go with the flow and see what happens next and that's like this, this one, that's like the podcast yeah, it's, it's because then you know when you do that you're open to like the infinite possibilities of like ways that things could bloom beautifully and you aren't just like stuck to this plan that somebody else told you one day like this is how you should run a business like this is these are the steps Um, And I love just seeing what's next. Like that is why I love doing this so much. But uh, Creepy Victorian Cat, I believe was born in June of last year. And my sister and I were talking about what to post on Instagram one day. And I had seen this meme of this cat. And I'm sure it's probably a taxidermied cat. It's a photograph from like the Victorian era of this cat in what looks like Victorian pajamas and he's standing there like holding this little mouse in his hand and it's like this very sort of creepy photograph um and and it is this silly thing and so we posted it this meme and I think maybe the original caption for the meme was like your friend's face when you won't you know when they grab your cool cloth on your pack and ask what it is or it was something silly like that and so we posted that and everybody loved it. And, you know, people thought it was funny and now it's the next day. And we sort of said, okay, well, what should we post today? And I don't take Instagram too seriously. And so for me, the idea of like posting some, the same thing twice in a row felt like this very layered joke because <laughs> now it's like, the meme itself is a joke, but then also the fact that you're posting the same thing two days in a row is also a joke because according to Instagram, you know, the aesthetic of your feed, uh, you don't ever do that, right? People are legitimately concerned about like the aesthetic of my feed. And clearly if you take four seconds to scroll through the Kulikoth Instagram, you will tell that we are not concerned with the aesthetic of our feed at all (laughs) it just is like a total free-for-all and so we posted it a second time then we posted it a third time and then it was just like off to the races with this cat and people loved the cat and just everybody kept egging us on to keep posting the cat and we just like couldn't stop posting the cat (laughs) and so i think we posted it for almost a month straight and it's basically was sort of adopted as this fun little mascot and what was really cool and came out of it is people love the cat so much that they bought these limited edition creepy cat kula cloths and we donated a lot of that money to um, different charities and so a lot of good came out of the cat and I hope that the cat is just this sort of reminder to people that like you can just be your whimsical like wacky self and 
that is perfect. Like just do what feels good to you and like break all the rules and have fun and good things will come out of that. And so to me, that's what the creepy cat represents. And now the creepy cats like on cool as we put free creepy cat stickers in all of our orders. And yeah, we all got one. it's just it's just so fun and so that's where the creepy cat came from and i'm sure creepy cat will be here to stay forever in just like getting sprinkled in in little fun ways so i was on i don't remember what it was it must have been a dance experiment you told um all of the participants that you are now the proud owner of a creepy victorian cat bikini yes yes (laughs) Yes. So I, um, so we have a, there's an apparel company that we work with that makes kind of like one-off items. And I would, you know, I'm sure I could integrate the bikini into my website and sell bikinis, but I didn't really want to do that because working with the sizing for bathing suits and accepting bathing suit exchanges just yeah, is something that I didn't want to do. But I thought, man, that would be fun to just have one. And we had a tubing trip that we went on a few weeks ago. And I, so I bought this uh, bikini that uh, has creepy cat print all over it. And I wore that for this event. And it's really cute and That's just amazing. silly. Yeah, it's that's how you know when you've taken a bit way too far is like <laughs> you show up, you show up in an event in a creepy cat bathing suit with creepy cat shorts and a creepy cat tank top on. And <laughs> and then it's like at some point you're like, how did this become my life? I don't know. <laughs> well, Anastasia, before we wrap up, do you want to tell us what you have coming up on the horizon? Any new projects for you? Yeah, so we just released a new product called the Kula Pocket, which I'm excited about. It is an antimicrobial bag that is waterproof on the outside. And we actually specifically designed it with a pocket in there so that you could put a pea style or a shiwi um, inside of it. And it's absorbent and antimicrobial. And there's like, so it's like the pocket is within the bag. So it keeps the pea style separate from the other items in the bag so you can still put other hygiene items in the bag but that is like now kept separate in its own little antimicrobial pocket um take and so that- my money yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it that is something that so we've been working on the design of that for a while and then Probably the thing that I am absolutely the most excited about is that we are literally on the cusp of releasing our, it's essentially, it's a pair of hiking underwear or outdoor underwear that I have been designing for three years. Um, I had absolutely no experience in like design of clothing and so I've been working with a pattern maker to do this basically like going back and forth with prototypes and like I would tell her like change this change this and like she knows how to do the technical side of it and I know how to articulate like what I want changed so it's taken us three years and we finally have the design finished and they're actually they're they're the first batch of them is done right now and they're going to be available for a group of beta testers um, to start, but they're called pica pants. And I decided that I wanted to design a pair of underwear way back in 2008. This is even before Kula cloth even was a thought in my mind. And I, this is one of, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned how I used to talk myself out of every idea I ever had. And the, hiking underwear that I wanted to design was one of those ideas that I talked myself out of because I didn't know how to do it. I didn't have the money to do it, you know, blah, blah, all the excuses that I come up with. And now I don't come up with those excuses anymore. I just think to myself, okay, there's, there's a way out there. I might not know what it is, but there's a way. And if you believe that there's a way, then what's really cool is the way comes to you. It's like not the other way around. Everybody always thinks they need to know the answers and you don't. Um, You just need to believe it's possible and the answers will come and find you. And so 
we are about to release this pair of, I'm calling them hybrid undershorts because they are sort of like a combination underwear slash shorts. So you can wear it like as a standalone short or also underwear, like under a pair of hiking clothes. And they're really wonderful. I've been using them for years now. And so the fact that I finally am almost about to be able to share them with people is really exciting. So that's what I am like very excited about. <laughs> Sweet. I can't wait to, I can't wait to buy a pair. I can't, I'm excited about that. They are really, really cute. Um, they, I don't know what you wear under a wetsuit, but I bet they would fit under a wetsuit. I just wear, um, right now I wear a pair of shorts that I bought from CVG. Just like what a is, pair of constantly oh. varied gear. It's just like a pair of running uh, biker shorts, I guess, kind of. Okay. So these are sort of like biker short style. Um, and um, yeah, they're, they, I think they're amazing. And I've taken them through a long testing process with a bunch of different testers who most of the testers think that they're amazing. You know, every product does not fit everybody. And that is just how it is like people are made differently uh, and but for the people who like it works with their body type um we are having we ha I had the pattern graded from like size uh 5xl to extra small and so it's a pretty uh nice nice size range as well so i'm really looking forward to it that's exciting appreciate that I'll buy a pair. I know. When, when do you talk about how our experience? Well, I, I have an in with the owner. So just, <laughs> just yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. When, when, when can we get our hands on these things? So the, the first batch of them is going to a photo shoot, uh, probably sometime in the next couple weeks and then they will be for sale to a small segment of the Kula community um, probably within the next month or two I can let you know and then we are just getting more fabric printed so the the current the print for the very first launch is the tent print and that's like one of our most popular prints but for the sort of the big launch of the product, we actually designed a completely new print um, based on the concept of like fractals. And so it's like a fern pattern on the waistband and on a little strip down the side of the, of the pants and, or the shorts. Um, they're called pants because pika pants sounds way cuter than pika shorts does. So... <laughs> I love alliteration. So those will probably be available in the next few months. So we will be, there will be lots of information on the Kula, on the Kula social everything, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> quick question about them. Are there pockets? There is, and that was actually one of the things we added to it. There is a pocket. Um, it's a waistband, <laughs> it's, it's a waistband pocket and it is large enough to hold an iPhone 13 pro max because that's what i have <laughs> nice. so so i and i've tested it with the pocket you know they're designed to be underwear like i primarily wear them under my hiking pants but then like if i get to camp and i'm hot and i just want to walk around in them or go swimming then i'll just keep them on and take my pants off um but the pocket was like a super desirable trait when we made the original prototypes there was no pocket and when we did the testing everybody was like no you have to have a pocket but since they're underwear we had to make sure it was like really slim so that when you're wearing hiking pants over top of it it's not going to like rub on anybody so mm -hmm. yeah it's a slim like waistband pocket but it's functional very cool i can't wait so yeah. excited well we want to leave our listeners with a challenge this week we want you to find a Kula Academy, well, find the Kula Academy on Eventbrite and sign up for one of their events. I would recommend the monthly dance experiment. And if cost is an issue, don't fret because Kula allows you to pay as little or as much as you like for this event. And it sounds like for most of their events. So 
sign up for something and then tell us how it went or how it's going by using the hashtag Siren Soapbox on all the social medias. Anastasia, we've had so much fun chatting with you tonight. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you? I would love to. You can find our website is just kulacloth.com and kula is spelled K-U-L-A. And on Instagram, you can find us at kulacloth. And we also have a very tiny TikTok account (laughs) that I believe is also at kulacloth. My sister and I are just getting started on TikTok and I have no clue how to do it yet. So disclaimer there. (laughs) But um, yeah, those are the three main places that people can find us. The Siren Soapbox is in a very similar TikTok situation where we're trying. (laughs) Yeah, we're, we're trying. And, you know, Instagram, I will say, I, I started the Kula Cloth Instagram with one follower and I think it was my mom. And so all of the, the growth is, has been organic and it's, it's really fun and a positive community and a way to connect. And even though, you know, maybe looking at the website or, you know, talking to other people out there who have a Kula, sometimes it seems like, oh, it's this like big gear company. It's still literally like it's me and my sister. And I have a few employees that help me run the company. And we work with two different factories that are both in the US. And so it very much is still a, a small business. And so if people do reach out, like they will not be getting uh, one of 10,000 different customer service reps, you'll likely be getting an email from, from me or, or from my sister. And, um, we really care about the people who are a part of the Kula community. And we try to take every opportunity that we can to show them that. We appreciate that. Sirens. Thank you for this lively conversation and thank you fellow explorers for listening to this episode. You'll be able to find a link to the Kula Academy on Eventbrite from our website. And we'll also put a link to Anastasia's uh, website, kulacloth.com and her Instagram page on our website, sirensoapbox.com. There you'll also find links to our YouTube channel. And while you're on the website, submit us a challenge, go to the contact the sirens page and uh, submit the form there. And if we accept your challenge, you could be invited to join us on that episode. Until next time, dive in, stay curious, and be happy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias, and don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.